Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries, I'm your host John, and in the following three episodes we're going to take a look at some of my favourite articles from the OSR compilation zine Knock by the Merry Mushman. And in this episode we're going to be starting off by looking at issue one of the zine after a brief explanation of what Knock actually is. But first of all, cue the music. Okay, so the Knock Zine was put on Kickstarter at the end of 2020. This is issue one I'm referring to. And it builds itself as a zine that gathers some of the most respective, most creative, and possibly weirdest minds of the old school role-playing scene. And has compiled some of their best work to make a substantially thick magazine. They've basically stuffed the 212 A5 pages of this zine and it's a beautiful full colored zine with lots of different articles that have been sort of given a bit of a polish in the blogosphere of the OSR and they feature numerous luminaries of the old school scene who have written these articles over time. Very broadly the zine is broken down into a number of sections. There are general articles on gaming and various subjects throughout the hobby. There are a number of random tables in there for you to just take and use in your games. There are a number of additional classes for BX style games, additional monsters and a smattering of very interesting maps that you can drop into your game or use as you see fit. And this is by and large a format that the Noxine has stuck to in the following two issues. As of the time of recording, there are three issues of Noct that have been released. We'll look at the other two later, but for this episode, we're gonna focus on some of my favorite articles from issue one and i'm going to give you an overview of what's in there in general but like i say focusing in on those that particularly spoke to me obviously this is just my own opinion i'll tell you straight up though i'm a big fan of knock issue one i love the sort of weird collection of a bric-a-brac related to osr that's in there and it, even now it's something i'll quite often dip into for just a good random read or to spark some ideas when I'm running or preparing my own games. So without further ado, let's crack open the cover, which has a sort of a weird alien slash demon looking like horned face on it and see what's inside issue one. The first thing you'll notice about Knock issue one is that it has a book cover on it that you can take off like a slipcase. And when you look on the inside, you can see that it actually has a dungeon called Zarataraz Mance. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but it's an adventure for first and second level characters, usable with all manner of adventure games. And we get all the detailed descriptions of the locations, etc. And I believe, yeah, on the back of it, we also get a little map. So even on just the dust cover itself, there is a whole OSR adventure that you can use. And this idea of cramming in absolutely as much as they can per issue is something that continues in the Noxine. It's one of the things I really love about it. You also get a sort of detachable little bookmark on a thin cardstock called the Anarchical Grimoire of Polyponic Discharges. 
and it's basically a random table which details a tome by the arch sorcerer catastrophist the unshackled bound with his sheets of marble once per day opening it reveals a new spell which they can memorize as if from their own spell book and the table allows you to determine what the spell is for the particular item for that day and as i say it's brilliant that even a little bookmark that's handily put in there also has some usable information on it so flipping through the articles we have an article by brooks daily called what i want in an osr game and it talks about the very specific appeal that the author feels that the osr has they're saying that they already have got other options for games that focus on narrative heavy character drama and stuff like that the author believes that osr games are at their best when treated as an intentional focused experience rather than just trying to throw everything in and the author goes on to break this down on what they believe an osr game to be now the whole idea of what is the osr has been going around since time immemorial so i don't think we're ever going to reach a sort of consensus on what that is but i always find reading other people's uh, ideas and um theories about it interesting you know because occasionally you pick up some things you didn't know yourself we then have an article by gavin norman of necrotic gnome where he's making a comparison of old and new DD, and he gives a little bit of a, a sort of breakdown of his own experience you know being a long time DD player who has returned to playing a 30 years old version of the game he wants he's going to write a bit about his experience gives a bit of background on his prior experience of playing older versions of DD and sets what he believes to be the defining factor as a terseness and sparsity of older DD rules where the rules don't actually cover much and they rarely go into a great deal of depth as he says himself in the article it's not a game of rules and the lack of specific rules and reliance on the dm to make improvised rulings brings home an extremely important feature of old school rpgs the atmosphere of the game being more immersive and mysterious if the players are thinking in terms of being their character rather than in terms of looking at all the abilities that they've got on their character sheet we get an article called monster design from the classics the lich by chris mcdowell and he's talking about a book called the Code Cocktail Codex, making the bold claim there are only six cocktails, with all recipes being at least tangentially linked to those root recipes. So he gives the example of a martini being defined by the relationship between spirit, gin, and aromatized wine. And he makes the point that in D&D, sort of like as an analogy to this, there are sort of core concepts for monsters that are present in a specific monster design and by just tweaking those little concepts you can entirely change a monster and he's using the example of the lich to break that down so basically he's saying that the core of the lich is magical powers so you could change that to psionics to to get a mind flare you could tighten down the magical ability to a single extraordinary ability or we could keep things focused closer to arcane magic and focus on a particular school from the classics. And he gives some examples of how you can tweak that. We get an article about energy drain and some potential alternatives if you don't like the loss of XP. And in fact, we use this article in my Old School Essentials campaign where it proffers the idea written by Gabe Lux that instead of draining levels and XP, you actually drain constitution 
or strength, depending on the undead, from the person who's been targeted. These ability scores return slowly at a rate of one per day, and a character drained to zero in a score is lost and becomes an undead of the given type. So effectively, in this case, you're trading in the grind of having to get back those levels for making the undead more dangerous in the immediate term. Because you can be a 20th level fighter with like a million HP or whatever, but you're really probably only going to have a max of 18 constitution points. So if you're getting hit by a white, as it says here, in every hit, it's knocking off 1d6 constitution, you're soon going to rattle through what you have. So, like I say, it removes the grind, but it makes them more dangerous in the short term. We have an article on wizard weaknesses, a d66 table there. We have a random table for determining starting gear for characters, which is quite interesting. We have a another random article. Like I said, there's a lot of random tables peppered through this. So if you don't like random tables, a lot of this probably isn't going to be your bag, but I absolutely love them, so there we go. We have a table for determining what a retired adventurer you might come across at a local village could be. And this is handy, you know, for when you meet those old, like, NPC, the grizzled sort of veteran and stuff like that. You can just roll a handful of dice and you can determine that, oh, they're almost past their prime. They've got a reputation for... A local drunk but they're pretty harmless their past is filled with adventure and wild romance you can gain their services with a handful of silver if taken on beware that they will drink every drop of alcohol while you sleep if able and stagger the whole day through and that's just one set of options you could come up with there's a lot of different stuff in there which is all good we get by Arnold K a dungeon checklist article of things you should sort of go through and tick off in order to create an interesting old school dungeon. So, for instance, something he lists something to steal, something to be killed, something to kill you, different paths, someone to talk to, something to experiment with, so traps and sort of strange things, something the players probably won't find, so encouraging repeat journeys to dungeons and thorough examinations and i think that's already good stuff to bear in mind when you're creating a DD dungeon so skipping ahead a few we have a an article called hit dice are meant to be rolled where the author eric newden is basically saying what's the point of having a mechanic called hit dice if you don't get to roll the dice when you get hit so He's proffering the idea that hit dice can be used as a soak mechanic here. And the idea of this mechanic is every time you are hit, you must beat the damage with a roll of your hit dice. You get wounded if you fail the roll. Being wounded gives you penalties. A set of conditions would make for interesting situations. Think dazed, blinded, off balance, stuff like that. A wound also forces you to discard a hit die when you're hit and you don't have hit dice left to roll you're dead or die so it's an interesting idea for an alternative for just ticking off the normal hit points we then get an article of 20 fantasy inspired gunpowders so like blessed powder greek powder flour powder which is not very powerful but very cheap and you can bake bread with it i think that's actually based on a real world thing if you don't like guns in your dnd as many people don't that's of limited use but again I like them, I use them in my game, so that's quite handy. We get a few more articles with random tables. Then we have another article by Arnold K saying rulings, not rules, is insufficient. 
and in it the author is breaking down Matt Finch's quick primer for old school gaming which a lot of people get referred to and he's talking about how just simply saying rulings not rules isn't really a sufficient uh, merit for the game system and he's discussing why he thinks both the system and the gameplay equally contribute to the enjoyment of OSR games. We get an article called My Goblins Are, where we get a random sort of table for determining chaotic goblins. And these this is written by Fiona Maeve Geist. And it brings to mind, for me, the, the goblins out of the labyrinth. You know, they're all weird, individualistic creatures. And that's pretty cool. We get an article breaking down the labours of Hercules in OSR formats. An article by Sean McCoy providing some random table for determining what uh, monsters want in a game we get a save versus death you know if you want to make your game a little bit le less lethal we're then going to scroll forward a few articles since i can't go into all of them because there's so many in this 212 page zine and i almost hesitate to call it a zine because there's so much in it it really is more like a supplement we have an article on the danger of skills and how it can potentially sort of prove detrimental to OSR style games. We have a simple system for changing the thieving skills from D&D into a D6 based system. We've got a, an article by Emmy Allen, which talks about jewels and how you can potentially use one-on-one -on -one fights for a bit more drama and you can add a little bit of extra crunch to them. We get a few articles with random tables in. We also have an article which I particularly like by Jack Shear called What Happened in 1266. And he's saying that some of the best game setting inspiration is a casual browse through Wikipedia. And he's absolutely right. If you type in any sort of past date and what happened in this year, which is a handy function of Wikipedia, you will find some weird stuff went on. And a lot of it can provide great inspiration for your games. So Jack Shear is breaking down what happened in 1266 in this article and providing some ideas as to how you could use it in your game we have an article by james holloway which i quite like as a fan of warhammer fantasy roleplay when he's saying his aesthetic is pathetic and yours can be too and he's talking about the whole pathetic aesthetic idea where everyone in the party is a scoundrel a ruffian a ne'er-do-well it's got that sort of british like downtrodden dirty grimy aesthetic you know that you see in sort of like but Blackadder's like a comedy version of that. We see in Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. And it's something that I quite enjoy both playing and jamming in games. So it's nice to see someone breaking down how you can bring more of that into your D&D. And some of the benefits of doing that. We have D20 Magical Helmets. An article about the scope of module design. Then we get a few articles talking about maps. In particular, one by Nicholas Dessau talking about the Borderlands and talking about the lack of name in the famous module Keep on the Borderlands and explaining why the author chooses not to treat it simply as the lack of names being because it's a generic module, but as actually being part of the culture of the setting and the sort of time period, which is quite an interesting take on it. We get some more random tables and maps before we go on to a number of classes that have been provided for BX. We get the Living Harness, which is sort of like a Warforge-style class. We get the Ne'er-Do-Well. 
is a lazy vagabond or an outcast probably work well with that pathetic aesthetic we described earlier we also get the naked wanderer a barely clothed person who delves into unholy crypts with only a blanket and a crowbar where they sort of survive more by look and fortune rather than their skills we have a random sheep class from gavin norman which is pretty much designed just as a sort of funny article to play on the idea of like you know you send sheep or beasts of burden into the dungeon ahead of your party in order to like flush out any traps but it's only a five level class i suppose it could be used if you wanted to we've got the hamster row which is like a humanoid hamster not really for me but you know whatever floats your boat We've got the Swarm Lord, a person who's learned a trick of summoning and controlling small creatures en masse. So a bit sort of like the, the sort of Swarm Druid of modern D&D. We get a D66 table of former occupations, what your character used to do before being an adventurer. Then we move on to Nox Menagerie of Monstrosities. And we get a variety of interesting different creatures that can be bought into your game. And last of all, we have a few maps for you to use. And then we have reached the back cover. Now, I think that the problem, and it's not really a problem, it's more a feature of Knock, is that, as I say, it's a collection of bric-a-brac and such like from throughout the OSR blogosphere, which means that not everything's going to tickle your pickle or float your boat. And there's a few articles in here that don't really do a great deal for me. But because there's such a bewildering variety of stuff, it's really great just to dip into and there's always going to be something random that takes your fancy in there even if some bits leave you a bit cold so i think it's well worth having and as i say i've sort of backed every issue of knock on kickstarter if you're interested in getting look at basically a sort of an overview of some of the finest stuff curated from the osr blogosphere you really cannot go far wrong with knock issue one in my opinion if you're interested in getting hold of a copy, then it's available in PDF on DriveThruRPG for $20.55 US. Hard copies of some of the later issues are available from www.themerrymushman.com. Although at the time of recording this, the hard copy of issue one is out of stock and only PDFs are available. So I highly recommend you check that out and I hope you'll listen to our next episode where I'm going to go through and knock issue two and talk about some of the stuff I like from there. So if you're interested in letting us know what you think of this episode or chatting about anything to do with tabletop RPGs or maybe giving us your own opinions on the knock magazine then you can get in touch a few different ways. You can leave us a voicemail message using SpeakPipe or Anchor. There'll be links in the description of this show. Or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. So until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and whatever you're playing, have fun.